Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know how some people start podcast episodes like, What's up, you guys? It's Eric. I wish I was cool enough to do that. I feel like I'm more like a, Hi, it's Eric. <laughs> So I think I'm just going to do that. Hi, it's Eric. (laughs) Welcome, you guys, to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast. I've been wanting to do something like this for a very long time, and it's recently come to my attention that if you want to do something, the rules allow you to do it. So I'm doing it, mama. She's doing it. Today's episode is with Ashley Gavin, a stand-up comedian and host of We're Having Gay Sex, an incredible podcast that discusses the science behind cytokinesis and phenotyping. No, I'm kidding. They talk about fucking. Uh, They talk about a lot of gay shit, lots of sex. It is very hilarious. You need to listen. But our conversation today is so much fun. Ugh. We had a great time talking, but I do need to give a disclaimer. Listen. At one point, Ashley asked me the name of the actress who plays Charlotte in Sex in the City. I do respond with the incorrect name, okay? I do not say the right name, but two minutes later, the situation is rectified, and I do say the correct name, okay? So before you call the gay police, sound the alarms, and get your chromatica thong in a twist, just know I fix it, okay? The crisis is averted. Thanks so much for listening to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, and please make sure to subscribe. I am doing a giveaway. This is a real thing. If you DM me a screenshot that you've subscribed, I will enter you into a raffle where you might be one of three people to win Lady Gaga Chromatica Oreos. Okay, I will ship them to you with a personalized poem. This is real. We got to show the algorithm who's boss and get enough downloads so that Whoopi Goldberg notices us. So drop a review, tell your friends, and enjoy. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy you're here. This is a dream. Um, no, no. Ashley. I am worthless and annoying. (laughs) I am late. My cat is knocking his shit over. I dropped my microphone on the ground. We're going to find out whether or not I did any damage to it. You're going to find <laughs> out the hard way. And <laughs> So far, so good, though. I think you're kind of... It's just putting you into the frame of reference to really just let loose, to really just like speak from the top of your mind. I think this is good. I think okay. this is good. I do feel like I have gay podcast royalty in front of me right now. I do feel that way. That's really nice. And I would love to agree with you. 
today I woke up feeling like I have accomplished nothing. You know, when you wake up and you're just like, even if things are going well, you're just like, you're a little piece of shit. Look at a, look at Amanda Gorman. Look at Amanda Gorman telling up with all her talent and, and just stardom and, and I'll never be Amanda Gorman. I'm shit. (laughs) She's just accomplished so much. And I think I was watching her and obviously she is brilliant and deserves everything and has been working so hard for this moment. And but also you think she's, she's 23 years old and then you think, what have, what have I done? Exactly. That's exactly where I'm at. I'm at 33 being like, I am not Amanda Gorman 10 years ago. So what am I even, why am I even, they didn't ask me to do a set at the most important inauguration <laughs> since the 1800s. <laughs> You're allowing yourself to feel disappointed that you weren't asked to do the inaugural address. <laughs> I mean, listen, listen, I'm here. I'm sent by the universe to tell you right now, you are more than enough. You're a gosh darn star and you have Thank done you. so much. You may it. not feel this way, but from my perspective, looking in, you've done it. You're doing Thank it. You. You're doing it. I appreciate it. It's been, uh, I have been very fortunate this year. And one thing that I love about podcasts that I'm trying to do for other people podcasters so much nicer with their resources and their attitude towards competition um, than I've had with comedians and other actors. And so I want to continue that. Every podcaster has just been like, yes, I will do your podcast. Yes, I will promote it. Uh, you know, like, yes, I will post the link. Yes, I will do all those things. Um, so I, I, that's just the wonderful thing about podcast. Like they, there's enough to go around. So yes, that is so wonderful. And the fact that you're here is just like, I'm the most grateful and without gassing yeah. up too much. I just want you to know, like, I really am a fan and I'm just so happy you're here. And I'm, I'm so a fan grateful. of you listener. Here is how I know Eric, who I would, when I first met him, I would go around the house being like Eric, Daniel, William, Bradley, Todd, David that is my white man name. That is my white man name. <laughs> is the one of the most talented people I've ever seen. We met in a casting direct. Uh, no one cares about this, but I'm telling them anyway. <laughs> we met in a casting class, which is where actors who are very good but somehow underutilized. <laughs> two of those people. There's two really talented people in the class, and then there are eight <laughs> maniacs and. Anyone can go to these things and a casting, a real casting director, like a very fancy, like a works on Emmy award winning shows, casting director will read with you and give you feedback. And you hope you pray that within two weeks of seeing this casting director, something comes across their desk that would be perfect for you. And they're like, oh my God, I just saw so-and-so. And then they would put you in the thing. And we met in one of those classes and you almost made me cry. (laughs) In the fucking casting director class. <sighs> Meanwhile, there's some schlub from Jersey behind me being like, I've been in this industry for a really long time. I know what I'm doing. I don't need any feedback from this bitch. I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it. And then he reads like something from Hamlet. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck is your problem? Meanwhile, Eric is so talented. Oh my God, I'm dying. I mean, that is such a brilliant visual of that fucking <laughs> class. It's devastating to look around a room of people who have not worked in 15 years. And then you're thinking to yourself, this is going to be it. And then you wait the two weeks. And of course, you never hear from the casting director. I mean, one, one in a million, one in a million, something goes across their desk. But yeah, Ashley and I met in that class. And of course, the feeling is mutual. We were both, and I actually looked at my emails, Ashley, and you sent me an email after that. And I was like, hey, I thought you were great. I want I want to keep track of you and let's, let's you know, keep in touch. And it like, so good oh my gosh well 
I it's the universe brought us together and I'm so grateful it did because you're doing the thing and this this is a that's a gay ass podcast and wow if you don't listen oh she's figuring it out she's figuring it out I'm plugging in my computer and I knocked over a LaCroix this is just it's oh, not going shit. well Eric. Ashley okay I threw one tissue on it I feel like that'll be enough to stop stop any further damage stop the spillage let's go let's do it gay ass podcast let's go <laughs> Well, I mean, if you don't listen to We're Having Gay Sex, my listeners right now, you must. It is such a good podcast. I mean, it's it's not only hilarious, but I was telling someone, I was actually pitching you to someone recently. I was like, Ashley Gavin has a podcast. If I wore a young closet or newly out person, it would have been a godsend to hear these people talk about gay sex, to make it normal, and like to demystify what it is about sex that people are too afraid to talk about or like you don't see in movies and shit. And I think it's just like fucking amazing to listen to gay people be like, yeah, I rub my vagina on this person's vagina. I love sucking dick. I sucked a dick two days ago and hear the details about the dick. If I was listening to the details about a dick getting sucked, I would be like, I'm going to shut down LimeWire and just listen to my earpods. <laughs> oh my God, LimeWire. I only downloaded porn once, I think. And then I was like, this is... I had like that post masturbation shame and I didn't even come when I was a kid. I didn't come till I get to college. So I just had like mid masturbation shame and I was like, I got to get this off my computer. Um, but we had to download porn kids. That's how old we are. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I don't know the podcast. I didn't know what it would do for people. Like I didn't know that it would be so impactful on particularly young people, yes. um, their lives and people will message me. I'm truly, I'm really not trying to brag. P- people will message me and be like, Oh, I came out because of your podcast. And I'm always like, what part? Because I'm talking about eating ass. So if that was, if that's what all it took, uh, g- good. I'm so glad. Uh, congratulations. They heard about the ass being eaten. They were like, I want a part of that mom and dad. <laughs> I'm gay. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just uh it's been a wild ride and I'm glad people I mean, people need more of this because apparently it's great for straight people too. I get mes- I get messages from straight people being like, oh my gosh, I I've just like missed out on so much, you know, I didn't know all this stuff and I just think there's just been a total lack of representation around like girl talk. You know, obviously there are guys and trans people and um uh, non-binary people on the podcast too but like i classify it all as girl talk like hanging out talking about sex with your friends um that doesn't exist for gay people it's never existed for gay people and i didn't realize how much people were missing that totally and i'm realizing right now actually let's speaking of girl talk my high school friends of course were all women and i had like such a sisterhood with them but also i couldn't talk about so much of what was actually going on with me so i think the podcast is that inner monologue of like if i could talk to my girlfriends about the things i actually want to do or the things i fantasize about or the things that feel so dirty to me i mean i was under such a spell of trying to have straight thoughts sexually when i was coming to terms i would be in the shower and try to like self love by thinking about kim cattrall and sex in the city when i realized i didn't want to have i didn't want to have i didn't want to have sex with kim cattrall i wanted wanted to hang out i wanted to hang out and then have sex with the men she had sex with right 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 you wanted the (laughs) oh my god what a strange choice if i had to pick anyone that i would jerk off to from sex in the city it would actually be charlotte I mean, I don't disagree. I think Charlotte is a stun. But her, Kim Cattrall her character, is like, what, what's her name? Charlotte. Um, 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 we're, we're in trouble. We are in big trouble. The listeners at home are freaking out. 
There's sirens ringing right now. Um, Kristen York. Okay. She is so beautiful. She's stunning and very much my type, although Charlotte is not my type. My type on the show is obviously Miranda. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, of course. I want the lawyer. Like, I want the... The, I'll go, although I guess they're all sort of powerhouses in their own way. That's I, that's the point of the show. But do you want the lawyer because of her job and the money it'll bring? Um, I'm more into the person attached to... They don't have to be a lawyer. Like if they were like working at a super fancy nonprofit, like a, or not even a super... Like they started a nonprofit and they're making like no money, but like they are the founder of give girls books. I don't know, whatever the fucking (laughs) name of the uh, frogs for the rainforest. I don't know, but they're like running it. I would, I would be so into that. I I like like really powerful, intelligent women. Yes. I love that. And I have to say that my gay card is being revoked because I said her name was Kristen York. Her name is Kristen Davis. I'm devastated. It didn't sound right, but I didn't want to fight you on it because I was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. He's I gay. I know. And you, the, the, I saw it flash in your eyeballs and you were like, I'm just going to go with this. And I do appreciate that. But you know, we would get there. You knew we would get there because we but did. I didn't know it was Davis. I couldn't correct you. Right. You're like, no, it's not beat beat, but I don't know what it is. You can just edit it back in. You can just say Davis and then put it back in over and we can eliminate this entire part of the conversation. Okay, we're cutting out 10 minutes already. Um, Gorgeous. Well, this is the the deal is that I love to ask my guests here, what is it that made you gay? I mean, obviously, you're this kind of incredible, fully formed lesbian woman. However, do you remember you saw something that was like, oh, shit, this is what's happening? Was it a movie, TV show, porn, Mm. sandwich? What was it? Um, Well... My earliest gay memory, I must have been four or five. I refused to wear a regular bathing suit. I wanted to wear shorts. So I would wear my shorts in the pool or at, you know, I don't remember if my mother made me wear a bathing suit at the beach. I think so. But I just really wanted to run around without a shirt on. Not now that could be a trans thing. I'm mindful of that, that that's probably similar. But the reason that I... I don't know. I just wanted to be the prince and save the princess. Like in Mario, I strongly identified with Mario. I wanted to save Princess Peach. I like remade Disney scenes like what my dad would film and I would I would do remakes of scenes from Disney. In my mind, they were like shot for shot remakes. But if you went <laughs> back and watched, they're just like total chaos because I'm actually five. <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh, you know, Aladdin and at, at school, I, you know, we did like a circus thing. And I all I wanted in the entire world was a suit with a cummerbund so that I could be the ringleader of the circus. Like I was constantly trying to dress up and play these male roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I really was attracted to like, I didn't want to be a boy, but I wanted to like be able to participate in like more traditionally masculine things. Absolutely. I find it interesting about Disney movies and cartoons, especially growing up when you're coming to terms with things, when you start to like fall in love with these cartoon characters. I had very confusing thoughts about Jafar. Look at this man. He's an evil <laughs> sultan. He has an annoying ass parrot. And yet I'm like, but what's going on underneath those robes? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> So gay. I've never thought about how fucking gay Jafar is. Jafar is a queenie fucking gay. Jafar is an old ass man who never made it as an actor and now he just... just, I'm surprised I didn't meet Jafar in an actor's connection class. We're trying to meet a casting director. 
He's like just constantly talking about how these how horrible all of these productions are. You're like Jafar, it's Hamilton. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> Their touring cast was not even equity at the start. It's like, shut up, Jafar. <laughs> Thank you for making that very specific reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's certainly a gay man. Also, like the relationship. Oh, I wanted nothing more than to be Gaston in a production of Beauty and the Beast. Oh my I think, god, I think Gaston. a killer Gaston. I think you would too. I mean, there's so much there and we could also give you like a gorgeous hairy chest via some makeup, get some Broadway level production there. Gaston though. So you wanted to be Gaston. Of course I wanted to be with Gaston, but I don't know why. I don't know why these evil characters are such a, such a, they're very frequently kind of gay. The evil Ursula, clearly a, some yeah. drag, drag queen, fully, fully a drag queen. I mean, evil, the giant tits, the like beautiful, the crazy makeup, a hundred percent of drag queen. Yeah. But, or some sort of very, I mean, it's hard to say her gender is so strange. Um, I would, if Ursula were around today, I feel like Ursula would identify as like, she, they, like, we're not really either way, whatever works, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. A lot of Disney villains. I'm trying to think too, who else is just like kind of gay and scar even is sort of gay too. Now that I'm thinking about it. Scar is definitely gay. I mean, look at the dark eye. The, the, He's got a smoky the, eye for sure. A beautiful eye. manicure. I was going to say, the phalanges, the finger Very acting. Billy Eilish. Really yeah. Scar's vibe. I don't know. Maybe there's some subtext to the creators of Disney making these villain characters so queer. But I don't know what they're trying to say. But clearly all the gay kids were like, I guess I'm a villain. <laughs> and that's why gay men are so mean. Yes. Oh my it's gosh. That's society's been a, fault. I will say that we there's been a trend on this podcast. So I was talking with some other guests about mean gay men, and there's definitely a thing there. I don't it's it's so sad because you want there to be this like knowing that we all went through the same thing, but some people took that trauma of coming out and just decided to be mean. Not all, of course, but I don't know. I mean my I'm very intimidated by certain gay men, but I feel like once I, I don't know why that is, though, now that I'm really thinking about it. I don't know if it's because, you know, I think a lot of lesbian, a lot of lesbians are funny because you can use humor as a way, you can weaponize humor as a way to deflect some of your insecurities and as a way to connect with women. Like for me, when I was young, I was really funny and girls always thought that I was funny and that's very attractive. So even though they might not have been attracted to me, I had this way to connect. I just absolutely loved being a class clown and having girls laugh at my jokes. It was just like the best. Like when I put that all together, like when puberty hit and I was funny and these girls were laughing at my jokes, I was like, oh, this is this is for me. Like this uh, is where I need to be putting all my focus. And I, I think that's why you have so many lesbian comedians. They are certainly overrepresented. I don't want to say that there's enough lesbian comedy on Netflix. I don't think that's true, but you, there are, there are a fuck ton of lesbian comedians at open mics. There are probably more lesbian comedians than straight women at the open mic. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And I wonder if gay men, and this is not my experience, this is more your experience, but I wonder if that humor is weaponized in a different way. You know what I mean? As protection. 
Yeah, I think that there's maybe that and also the bullying that comes to straight men being mean to gay men. I think gay men learn that and then they start to maybe subconsciously weaponize that same type of bullying when they are lashing out or feeling uncomfortable. Because if we are getting deep here, I have to say I have some amazing gay male friends, but I'm not a part of like a group of gay men that we're going to get together. We're going to health kitchen. We're going to get scared. I'm so intimidated by it. I'm so yeah. intimidated. I've never had like a group like that. And it's maybe because I really can connect with people individually, but some of that group think, I think sometimes <laughs> can be scary. I agree. I, I'm agreeing with you. It can be scary. Yeah. I, I, my buddy, Sam, Sam Morrison, he should do this. He's wonderful. Oh yeah. Um, He's great. But his he is dating a much older man who has like a gaggle, and I'm always invited, and I'm the only woman there, and I'm like I'm never gonna keep up. I don't I don't know the pop culture references. Like I don't. What am I gonna? I can't cook. There there's all these like little amuse bushes, and I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't fucking I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So I just Their homes are dripping in West Elm. It's just it's all so gorgeous. much West Elm. There uh, there every wall is an accent wall. Every single one. <laughs> Every wall is a different, bright, different color, but gorgeously curated with a gallery wall over here, a beautiful mirror over it's here. It's stunning. I'm, I'm honestly, thank God for quarantine. I haven't had to do it in a year. <laughs> There's a waterfall in the bathroom. I mean, the thing I'm like kind of making funny right now, right now is like, of course, my husband and I are like deeply aspirational to have a f- home fully decked out in West Elm. I'm like, this is so silly. Yeah, we're like trying to save our pennies to buy a right, giant you're on, couch. You're on Craigslist looking at yes. the I've gotten, I have a lot of hand-me-down West Elm. I mean, I'm like, does anyone have a West Elm section? No, I don't care if it's six years old. We need to have it, our apartment decked out one day. I think one day this is going to be a dream for me, but. I believe in you. Thank you so much. Um, so I, I am really interested, though, in you're making the, you're the class clown. You're connecting with these women. Did any of these uh, women that were loving your humor, did it ever become like apparent that they were also having feelings in that way towards you? I <laughs> I feel like I was in a lot of secret relationships in late, late middle school, like eighth grade through all of high school, um, particularly a reoccurring one with a a woman who I refer to as Rebecca on my podcast, though that is not her name. Okay. Um, so I was deeply, deeply in love with Rebecca. I don't think I will love anyone the way that I loved Rebecca. She was so smart and cute. Um, and we dated in secret in eighth grade and then again in ninth grade. And then we like hooked up senior year. And there were some other girls that I kind of hooked up with that were less important to me. And like, also just like, weird kind of relationships. I was in a lot. And even as an adult, I have been in so many weird kind of relationships with straight women where like they treat me like an emotional support system, like kind of the way that you would text all the time and talk all the time with a significant other, but nothing physical ever happened. And that is some shit that I went, that I like played into for way too long. Like I cannot believe that I degraded myself to like be someone's emotional boyfriend Um, I hear that's a thing, though. I hear that's very much a thing, especially between women, because maybe there's blurred lines of like how female relationships are can be very intimate. But then there's more of a blurred line when it comes to actual. They can. But I feel like maybe it's harder when you're both straight. So you don't know where that line is. But for me, as like a gay person, I'm like, we are dating. Like we text all the time. We talk all the time. Like we're we're whether you like it or not, we are dating. We're this is just what's happening here. Um, 
So I've gotten much more forward about being very early on, even if they're straight. I do not care. I'm very much like, so what is this? Like almost immediately, like as soon as I meet a person, if we're flirting, I am not like leaving that up to deliberation. I think that that's a very strong piece of advice, especially for people dating in general. I think there's so much uh, people just trying to not rock the boat. And then next thing you know, you're a year in and you don't know what's going on. Because yeah. the most successful relationships I hear about are the ones with just years you're describing. They're really upfront at the beginning. What are you looking for? What are you, what is your hope? And with my husband now, when we first started dating, I thought he was cute. I, of course, met him in person, but found him on Facebook, sent him a message. Hey, here's my phone number. Texted, hey, let's go out we start dating um and i was pretty clear yeah wait i have a question Please. you found him on facebook what does that mean <laughs> what so were you me... searching for on your like i'm what's your husband's name uh it's twinkie bottom i'm kidding it, um... <laughs> you're like i thought this was Pornhub, but this guy's pretty cute i guess i'll <laughs> message him <laughs> Turns out it wasn't the guy I thought it was messaging. Um, no, it, his, so his name is Matt. He, we were in line for an audition for a very, very shitty production of Fiddler on the Roof in Wisconsin. But of course, we were so desperate to book it. We woke up at six in the morning to stand outside in November in the this freezing is the worst cold. industry on the fucking planet. What, what are we thinking, truly? Also, and you're like a big deal. I forgot about Elf. I totally forgot about Elf. And yet here we are, both of us. Being like podcasting because there's nothing else to fucking do. No one will book us. We've exactly. got fucking elf over here. Jesus. I mean, uh, let me. I, you don't know. I'm making millions of dollars from the elf production. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm still <laughs> deeply poor. Um, so we were in line bef- for this musical and we were standing next to each other. And I started to make conversation because he, I mean, he, I locked eyes with him and I'm like, this man is gorgeous. He has every, is, everything that really ticks off all my boxes. And so, of course, I make a dumb comment about it's cold outside. Oh, you have some, is that coffee? Or you, I have some tea in my hand. What are you drinking? We start to talk a little bit. Oh, we're wearing the same color shirt. You stole my shirt. Little banter, right? <laughs> we then go. Oh my gosh. I haven't thought about this in so long. We go into the room. So cute. We get for typing. Do you know about typing where they type people out? You stand in a line. Yeah. They look yeah. at your headshots, right? And then just based on your headshot and your resume, they choose who even is allowed to audition. Yeah. So yeah. they, I was filler on the roof. But I, they can't, they have to make you stand in line to do that. They can't take an online submission and type no. you out. They make you get up at six in the morning. These fucking dickwads. Well, I'm going to get, no one will ever book me ever again. <laughs> Literally some casting director being like, Ashley is a fucking bitch. No, you're no. a fucking bitch. Can you not waste my time? please? <laughs> they have to know that this is torture to make people go from their devastating apartments in Brooklyn to then take <laughs> a 50 minute subway ride into hell's kitchen to stand in front of an audition studio at six in the morning in 20 degree weather and then stand in a room to be told, Oh no, actually you're ugly. Can you leave? <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. By some other very, very sad gay person. Right. <laughs> Talking about gay people hurting gay people. So the really the, the thing is that Matt is actually he's gorgeous, beautiful. And so this was obviously not a, a statement on looks because I had this bushy, dewy beard. They were casting Fiddler on the Roof. They typed right. me in, right? Right. Matt gets typed out. Right. As we leave the room, I'm starting to get my stuff ready. A friend of that I went to college with starts talking to me. Matt starts to take a shit and run. I don't have the the chutzpah to go up to him and ask for his number. But I remembered that he was right in front of me in line and there was a sign-up sheet with our names on it. So I go to the sign-up sheet. I see his name is Matthew Lummis. I say to myself, Matthew Lummis, it's hummus with an L. Hummus with an L. 
as I'm leaving the audition, I go to Facebook, tip, tap, 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 Matthew Hamas with an L put his name in. He pops up and then I message him immediately. I was just like, I am, I've been single for a while. I had a devastating breakup like a year before this. And then oh, I'm so sorry. It's a, I mean, it really, it, it really was like the first love, like, cause I'm jealous of you having these even like complicated relationships that were confusing in high school and stuff. I really didn't have a relationship relationship until middle to the end of college, but it was like zero to 60. I was mm. done for. Yeah. So anyways, after we, that, that Max and I broke up, I was single for a while. And then I realized I'm ready to date. I'm ready to, to meet someone great. And then when I found Matt, I messaged him on Facebook. We had a little banter, gave him my number. And then we went out like five days later. That's so cute. Good for you. Thank you. But I also always tell make people, a move. Always, always make, make a move. move and be transparent. Make the move. Cause if they say no, fine. They say no. On and then to the it next. wasn't for you and you are not wasting your time in some yes. limbo trying to figure out what you are to this person. Just 100%. be upfront. I like you. If they're like, if they think that you're coming on too strong, fuck them. They don't like you enough to be your partner. Move on. Or it's their own insecurities that they like don't think they accept and they don't deserve any love or they think that people are weird if they show that they like someone. It's like, hi, it's actually okay to show that you have feelings for someone. Of course, of course. Also, confidence, I think, is very attractive to people. So it's probably going to go better than you think. Yes. And that's, I think, what actually allowed me to land such a beautiful man, which is, I was like, you know what? He's gorgeous. We definitely had a connection. I don't know why he's into me, but I'm just going to run with it. And I was like, you're my pickup line when we, for the first kiss, we were sitting at Art Bar in Chelsea, amazing makeout spot in New York. If anyone's looking when the, when the pandemic ends, we're sitting on the couches. There's gorgeous people around us. And I have this big beard. I say, so have you ever kissed anyone with a beard before? He goes, uh, no. I say, pause, 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 and then say, that's your cue to kiss me. Instead of kissing me, <laughs> instead You're of... like, I am a bottom, but I'm going to tell you what to do right now as I'm a bottom. bottom. <laughs> so I, he doesn't do anything. And so I go, that's your cue to kiss me. He then says, quote, you make me nervous. <gasps> oh, oh. Sweet little man, but I got it. I we we got the kiss, and and then you know, and then I was like, now let's can we please make out? And then of course, the confidence made it happen, and then it was good. It was good. This is so. I'm so. We're gonna have you back on my podcast, and you're gonna tell this exact same story. I know it, but it's such a great story. It's just it's it's no. We had no idea where it would go. We've been together for like seven and a half years now, and um. I think it was just partly like trying to be present in the moment and then just saying, you know what? I think this is going well if it goes further. Great. But, but, but yeah, but I am interested in, cause I was listening to your podcast actually very recently and talking about your girlfriend and kind of what your, uh, journey has been in, in terms of, uh, sleeping with other people. What, what has it been like for you with your current situation? Like, how's my life going? With yeah. My how do you feel? And yeah. How does it feel to be in this relationship that sounds so healthy? It's, I, I maybe, <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, like, if this is just, like, a normal relationship and I've just, like, never experienced what love should be. But, yeah, it's it's so good. It's so crazy good. We yeah. never... I've always been in really intense relationships with other really intense people. And I'm very drawn to like qualities that would make someone intense. I like really opinionated people. Like I love art, like debating and arguing and I, I don't mind bickering. And I, you know, like sort of people who are driven by their careers, just like things that typically go along with 
intense qualities and I'm a really intense person. If you hadn't picked up on that yet, um, <laughs> how could that, I literally get on a podcast and I'm like, Hey, ah, ah. um, but <laughs> I don't even say words on my podcast. <laughs> um, but I think I was in all these like relationship after relationship after relationship. And I think that I, I didn't realize that I love I love the women that I dated. I'm really glad that I dated them. I didn't realize that I was putting myself in positions that were unhealthy so often. I think that I carry around a lot of guilt um, just generally. Like that's sort of my shtick. Everyone mm-hmm. has a shtick. Sure, and mine absolutely. is I feel guilty about everything all the time. I always think I've done something wrong. I'm apologizing constantly. I know that doesn't really match sort of my comedic demeanor, but truly I... I constantly feel guilty. Like before this podcast, I was like, I'm fucking late. He's never going to want to talk to me again. He's going to hate me. Like people are late. It happens. You spill seltzer. It happens. Like, you you know, like I, I don't, that part of my brain is not as active as like the, the self critic. Mm, I think that's very relatable. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people struggle with that. And so I was in these relationships sort of with people that I think my neuroses didn't match with or my, in a good way, but matched really well with in a bad way. And so there was just like a lot of the intensity was not, it was really, really good, but then it could also be really, really bad. The highs were high. The lows were low. Yeah. And then when I met Jen, I did not have what I typically have is when I look at someone, I go, I love you. I'm going to be with you the rest of my life like that. Like, But when I saw Jen, I was like, I love you, (laughs) but I'm in a hoe phase right now. And so we're going to make out. You're so hot blah, blah, blah. Like I, I did not think it would be anything. And so I told her right up front, I was like, I'm not dating right now. I got out of a really hard thing about a year ago. I'm not dating. I'm like doing me. I'm like healing. And she was like, great. Like me too. Sort of similar Hmm. story. And then we just, it built very slowly and she's not an intense person. She's like very, very calm all the time. And I didn't realize that what I needed from someone was someone who was like, was able to provide a mirror for me to be like, oh, you're, you're freaking out. Like not her, you're freaking out, you know, like, and I think I, now I'm able to provide the same thing for her because I'm not in, so in my head in the relationship that when she's freaking out, I'm able to be like, you're, you're okay. Like you're freak. It's all right. You know, like you got it. You're good. Well, that's the whole idea of the yin and the yang thing of like, it's, it's, I think when people say opposites attract, I think it's part of it I don't agree with. But the other, what I do agree with is that the energies need to complement each other in terms of bringing one energy down or one energy totally. up. And I identify with you in so many ways. I mean, the guilt, the fear of making someone not like you, the doing the wrong. I mean, I, it's, and then when it happens to you, I'm sure you're feeling this even when you were late, which of course I knew like you're a star and being three seconds late, it's fine. But in your head, it's the end of the world. You feel like the alarm bells are going off. And my, I had a therapist that would say to me, so, um, why all the drama? And I had to be like, um, so actually, I don't know. Um, I am unwell. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not okay. Right. For me, it's like, well, my mother. But uh, <laughs> that, at the end of the day, if you really want to dig down deep enough, I was late and I felt sad about it because of my mother. We could go through all the other steps to get there, but the, the, the conclusion is going to be the same every time. But with Jen, I feel like I get where you're, we, our values 
very similar. Like mm. the thing, you know, the things that we want out of life, the, where we see all of that's very equal. The, the way that the, I think the opposite thing works is she really needs someone, in my opinion, that I can give a good pep talk. I constantly ask because she's not the type of person that tells some people don't like that. Some people don't want you to fucking ask. They want, you know, but Jen appreciates that. And for me, she's just the type of person that listens. She doesn't ask me anything. I just go off and she listens for a minute. And then I'm like, okay, that's all I needed. And I move and I move on. Yes. You know what I mean? So I, I do. We're it's, opposites in that way. That's so beautiful to me. Just hearing that makes me happy because sometimes one person needs the uh, their partner to pull the things out of them that they're not willing to be pulled out themselves. And then the other person, it's like, I think with Matt and I, we usually are really good about that dynamic. You know, I'm clearly the talker and he is <laughs> the listener. However, sometimes he needs, he needs to be pulled out and have the questions be asked. Where I find it's difficult is knowing when he wants to be asked the questions versus yeah. when he wants to be left alone. That's yes. what it's still a process. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You kind of have to, I mean, well, that's, but that's why relationships are hard. You really have to learn and, and to take stock and, you know, I, I knew, so I dated someone who took me forever, but she was like, when I am crying, do not hug me. I just want to cry. Wow. And for me, it took me a long time to just be able to sit there. And if she's crying, like not, cause all you want to do is hug, you know, that's all you want to do when someone cries. But yeah, it's, it's relationships are really hard work. And people I, don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's enough acknowledge of how much work relationships can be. I think a lot of times you think, okay, we meet the person, we are, we're together forever and everything's good. It's like, no, 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 no. It's a, you, it's a daily, weekly, uh, work item that you just have to plug, put love into, put attention into. And if you don't, then you're going to have an uphill battle. Yeah. And I also think like doing maintenance, like, Cause things faster and resentment builds. So it's just so much easier. Like my girlfriend was really sad yesterday and just the little things of being like, make sure when I text her today to like ask her how she is and if she's still feeling sad, because like by not checking in, that could be make it much worse. And that could, you know, develop the habit of like checking in so that you're not later on feel it. This person doesn't feel like, abandoned or you know, yeah oh this is good ashley this is good i mean it's 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 very true that to try to get in front of the person's needs and wishes and, and instead of them being like you need to you're not giving me what i need and you need to get versus trying to actually anticipate it right 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 once once you know it the person has to tell you if they're not telling you and you genuinely don't know that's a little bit on them too you, uh-huh. of course, oh yeah you always be articulating your needs. So are you, when you two are together hanging out, is there like TV shows or, or like things that you have shared obsessions over? No violent, no violent, mate. You don't, you don't like Love Island? Oh, Love Island. <laughs> I heard. I do a really bad accent. <laughs> I heard no violent, no violent. I was like, okay, no violent. Sounds like Holland. They like beer. They love a good <laughs> lager. Um, love Island. Yes. No violent, mate. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say I'm not a huge Love Island person, but I hear it's I hear it's very worth getting into. I w- couldn't get into it, and I don't know what happened. I think I just turned on subtitles. When I turned on subtitles, 
I got really into it. I was like, oh, understanding what they're saying is really important. And now I'm much better at understanding what they're saying because those accents are fucking thick. I love Love Island. It is like trash Bachelor, which is really all we want. And Bachelor's already trashy, so I think this it's is... Already, kind of- but in a specific... Bachelor's trashy in like that Missouri woman wearing Uggs who wants to get married way. <laughs> Love Island is more like Jersey Shore... But like a competition show and also British accents, it's just better. It's better. It's it makes you feel classy in a weird way because it's British, but you're yeah. still watching. You're still watching Jersey Shore. Yeah, and I think well, British content in general is having a moment. I mean, the Great British Bake Off. I the- love British Bake Off. Oh my god, that is my fucking jam. No pun intended. That was the <laughs> worst. I'm gonna kill myself. I was watching it and I was literally like. I would be okay if my career was just hosting that sh- this show. That's where I got to. I was like, if this is all I ever achieve, I'll be totally fine with it. But with honestly, you would be an incredible host because the hosts of that show make it. I mean, there is such a difference. Of, I mean, of course, the people baking the shit make the this, this show really great. But when the hosts come around, did you watch the most recent one with, um? Oh, what's the bald-headed gay guy's name? That I don't remember his name. He's fantastic. Fantastic. And some yeah. of the things they do are so campy and silly, but they work. They do you, really work. What about the um long-haired, black-haired guy? What's your, what's your opinion? I think he's great too. And then I, I Googled him. Um, he can do, he's like, he throws his voice. He does ventrilo. He's like a ventriloquist, but without, he doesn't use puppets, which I think is so awesome because how do you have that skill? I'm really hoping I'm right about this because my girlfriend was like, no, he's not. And I was like, no, he, he, he threw his voice. And then I like went and Googled it and I I'm, I might be making this up. I don't think that I am. It felt I like a dream because it's such a hack thing, ventriloquism. People really, but it is also a very cool talent to have. So how do you take this like very overdone, campy, silly, hacky talent and do something interesting with it? And what he does is he takes other people and he puppets people. And it's really funny. He's you know what? I think I'm having a memory resurface of of him. He sometimes slips it into the show, right? Yes, he slips it into the show. And he's so good that the first time they do it, you're like, what? Did he? Yeah, exactly. And British Bake Off is such a great show to do while you're doing something else because you can't really miss anything on the British. It's it's a very... Somehow, the pace is so slow. (laughs) It's a it's the slowest competition show. You turn around, they are still there's three hours left. You know, you're like, okay, great, I have time to fucking put this in the microwave. <laughs> yeah, and I also love that the stakes of the show are actually kind of deeply low because they win no cash prize. They win nothing. They, they, it's purely title. It's just, but it almost makes it more beautiful and meaningful when they're weeping on camera about not doing as well as they thought they should. But then it's like, I but know. wait a minute, if you don't do as well, you're actually kind of in the same place you started. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I also think I'm learning like life lessons because they're. It's never like American competition shows where someone's like, if I win this money, I'm going to open my restaurant and this is the only way that I can cure my dad's cancer. <laughs> like that is like, that is, it, the stakes are very high. Right. And, so, and it's all about the competition. But for them, they're like, well, I guess you get back on the horse and you're like, oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I'm a nurse. I have a husband and three children. Um, and right. yeah, I'm just happy to be here. It's like, yeah. well... <laughs> 
<laughs> it, it just feels so much more well wrapped. Like you're like, oh, you're spiritually well. Okay, got it. Okay. I also do love the diversity of the show that is not performative or like it feels like they get really different types of people that it's a very non-issue for them. It's not like real ass people. They are yeah. not trying to make it on social media. They are yes. real ass fucking people. I think that's a really good point because there's so many people, especially on reality TV right now, where it's clearly storylines that are so heavily produced and trying to be social media moguls that are trying to make their lives have more They're of a trying drama. trying to get their big break through reality TV, which, you know what? Good for them, too, which yeah. you got to do. I totally understand. I have contemplated pretending to be straight to go on The Bachelor way too many times. Oh, shit. Isn't that a good idea? It's a really good idea. I'm Ashley G., I'm a science teacher. <laughs> so wait, what's your end game? What's your end game when, when you're on The Bachelor pretending to be straight? What happens? Oh, I haven't gotten that far. I'm just thinking about the 10,000 new followers from the first episode. <laughs> I'm really just thinking about my social. I'm really thinking about my social. I think I'm too gay to just go on i need like an ex because now people know that i'm gay before it would have worked but now people know so i think i have to be like well i realized i'm bi and i really want to have kids the traditional way so i thought i don't have much time left that's why i've applied to the bachelor that's my that's my backstory that's plausible i'm I'm also picturing though like a camera panning of these like very like (laughs) suits yes these like flowy red pastel color dresses like extensions so many extensions yeah but it's only a shot of their from their knees down but you still see hair because their extensions are so long and then (laughs) and then it pans to you and your your stance is very forward we then get a pan up and it's just ashley um i would i would really do it and also i think I think they'd leave me on for drama reasons because people would be like, Ashley's not here for the right reasons. And I'd be like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You Wait, do you, do you see yourself on a, a show like The Bachelor as the person that's really causing drama? Do you think you are capable of causing that drama? The cameras are on you. You need to stir some shit up. Can you do it? <sighs> absolutely, I can. I, I was built for this task. I am a Scorpio. And mm. also, you might not know this, I'm super obnoxious. <laughs> people really hate me. Um, I know a lot of people really like me, but oh man, a lot of people really hate me. When I was in college, we had a thing called the anonymous confessions board, <gasps> anonymous postings, full thread about whether or not I was funny or just obnoxious, a full fucking thread. So I feel that I don't even have to do anything. I can just be there being my obnoxious New York, sarcastic, gay-ass self. And everyone's going to be like, what the fuck is this bitch doing here? <laughs> I think that I have to start drama because if I don't start drama, I don't think I don't think I could win anyone's heart on there. <laughs> but I do think I'm picturing like you and Stacey L. And clearly this like sweet Midwestern girl from Michigan is like, I'm just um, trying to make a good impression on um, Craig. And then you stop in and you just like completely punch her in the face emotionally. And she's like... I've never met anyone like this girl. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I you're right. I probably try to have sex with her. <laughs> 
that's the thing. That's the thing about this whole Bachelor franchise is that they're probably so deeply afraid of having anyone that remotely identifies as bisexual or gay in any way because they're worried about the... I know. I've I've wondered about whether or not there's any hooking up between the girls. It has had to have happened at least once. At least once. Did you... Guys, honestly. Well, right. Oh, right. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) That took me places. Um, Can you imagine all these men trying to get this one girl's heart, but all of a sudden they're hanging out, drinking a beer. Like, yeah, I like um, the Seahawks too. He's like, wait, I like the Seahawks too. (laughs) I'm creating a porno script as we speak. I'm so sorry. Um, Another one's like, I like the Seahawks too. (laughs) Three of them. (laughs) They're all like, they're just looking at each other. Seahawks has been transformed into penis. Do you ever want to, I don't know, talk about the Seahawks with me? Yeah, I want to talk about the Seahawks right now. <laughs> the Seahawks becomes a euphemism for sucking cock. Um, that's the thing about these these Bachelor-type shows. Did you ever hear about, read about, watch the gay Bachelor that was on Logo that was called like Prince Charming or... I I thought I watched one on on... I don't remember what network it was on, but when I was a child, there was like a group of men, half of them were straight, half of them were gay. And there was like a gay bachelor. Is that the one? Which is so fucked up now that I'm thinking about it. Can you imagine you're on a dating show and you're, and then at the end, surprise, I'm straight. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, you're right. I never actually watched it, but I remember seeing a commercial or hearing about it, and it just felt like like the like obviously manipulation on these reality shows is kind of real, but that just seems like a ne- like that seems like immoral. totally unacceptable today. At the time, I was an actual child, so I didn't realize how horrible that was. It is so just wrong, especially not to know, not to be told half of the contestants are straight. You, they have to tell you that they have to. It feels like full-on emotional torture to these people. I mean, there is even, like, right now on RuPaul's Drag Race, there's the whole beginning of the season was them telling them you're going to be eliminated the first before you even get to compete. And so this they send this person home, and she's, like, in the confessional, and she's weeping. And she's like, I just feel like... I let my fiance down and she's so, and you're watching her. You're just like, I cannot believe this is happening. It turns out they were lying. She wasn't being sent home and she gets to stay to compete. <laughs> so these producers are like, wow. So you, you spent probably a hundred thousand dollars on all your costumes. You just got here after months of preparation and you have to go home on the first day. How do you feel? And she's like, I feel like I let my fiance down. And they're like, just kidding. You're saying, it's evil but do you want to be famous um yeah i mean i'm sure that's like i mean i would i would still probably do it but it is evil it's straight up evil evil the show i was talking about is called finding prince charming it was this gay this gay type bachelor show and the actual bachelor as the center was a complete monster ended up coming out to be very problematic and they never did a second season so maybe maybe the experiment doesn't work i think it's i think it could work though do you think a gay absolutely they just need to figure out what the look if everyone's hooking up behind the scenes fine if you like meet some other contestant and you two are compatible they should be able to factor that into the gameplay somehow you know what i mean or maybe make it not centered on one person it's so easy to like figure out how to do it if i i just love that the whole thing comes down to fidelity 
it's so interesting that you're like, yeah, but like, what if they hook up with one another? It's like this one bachelor is hooking up with these 25 women. There's no fidelity on this. Yeah. What are you talking about? So, but well, that's a- for some reason they get to break the rules. Cause they're like the king of the fuck. They're the protagonist or whatever, but make it an ensemble show. I don't know. I figure it out. And like what? So let's say like seven couples find love, and then they like is that the worst thing to happen? You find all these people get to leave with partners, or at least have amazing sex with each other. Great. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Everybody wins. What do you? Th- yeah, I mean, you could do it like Love Is Blind style, where it's just like you're like all rotating and. Oh my god! I, yeah, and then you could switch off seasons, women and men, or like if I devoured to- Love Is Blind, devoured that I, show. I adore, adored it. I loved it. I hear there they filmed a second season, or I, I, I at least I think it's going to happen. And I, oof, I think we're going to have you back on the podcast after that comes out, and we're going to break it down because that show. I, I mean, I still will still quote. Um, I lost my butterflies. It's like you can't the people the the unhinged people on that show. <laughs> but what's what are the two? Her last name Speed. I can't remember her first name. Um, the two, the interracial couple, the oh white guy God. and the black Cameron, girl. Cameron, Cameron, and... yeah. Oh, I love them. They are love. so wonderful. And then obviously the the redheaded guy and his Gio, Gio Gianna, yeah, Gianna, whatever She's thing. The butterfly girl, just unhinged craziness. Yeah, she was that. Oh man, watching her was great. Watching her was wonderful. Also, the way that she abused sexually, like abused him, where she was. Yes. <laughs> this is not funny. There's nothing funny about this, but also it's hysterical. The way she was like, I just want you to take me. Like, you never, you never. He's like, I don't know. I'm interested in, more in loving, loving consent. And she's like, you're a fucking little pussy ass bitch. <laughs> Be a man and force. It's like, okay, girl, you're doing this in front of a camera. What do you like without the cameras there? Yeah, totally. Full on unhinged. Well, I want to say that there's so much of your stuff that I would just want to let you know is so brilliant. I mean, I watched one of the, your, 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 the way you, you do videos on TikTok is so funny. If you're not following Ashley on TikTok, it's so good. One of the, the clips you posted recently was one of your shows where there was a girl that was like on her watch or on her phone during your set. And you're like, who are you talking to? And it turns out uh, she was uh, getting a, a, a notification from another comedian. Who was and on the show. Yeah. Who was on the show. It also of- happened to be named Ashley just because it's a little confusing in the club. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So one of my favorite moments is you were like, you know, bantering with her and you said, okay, what's your name, Madison? And then she goes, her name was Lord. And you said, oh, Jewish Madison. <laughs> I need you to know. It's so, so fucking funny. And just your, the magic that you get to put in your shows like that and on enough for TikTok for us to enjoy. If you're not following her on TikTok, it's, it's so good. Um, what is what is your relationship to to TikTok? And I know you, you go live a lot. Like, well, I just I want to quickly oh, hear about like what what is it like? I'm in an abusive life? relationship with TikTok. Where TikTok TikTok changed my life. Period. I don't want to act like I'm have achieved anywhere near that I am looking to achieve, and that I am anything but a piece of shit. But prior, <laughs> but prior to TikTok, I was an even bigger piece of shit. So. TikTok, I went viral on TikTok, which helped my podcast. Um, and then I like kept going viral on TikTok. And I was like, oh, I think I'm like good at TikTok. I love TikTok because I think more so, not perfectly, but more so than other platforms, it actually can somehow detect 
what people actually like watching versus someone who has a lot of followers. So they were able to get the ball rolling on the algorithm. And then you're watching like, you're watching like, okay stuff, Mm -hmm. but like TikTok seems to really understand what people like or what people hate. It's very interesting. Um, basically like a visceral reaction. I have had both ends of the spectrum. I'm my, the TikTok journey for me is early, but I've had videos that have gone big in a very nice way. But I had a Trump video that was a very silly joke I made. And I was, I had to delete it after a couple months because I was getting hate messages daily, hourly. Yeah. Oh, yes. I get that. Well, I I have the, I'm, I'm with you. I get a lot of shit. I I I just can't imagine. I just ignore it. But yeah, so it's been great. It's like transformed my podcast and my life. But the cool thing about TikTok is I'm pretty good at crowd work. And the reason I'm good crowd work uh, for the listener is either someone heckles you and you like engage them as a comedian, or you're just like, what do you do for a living? And then they tell you, and then you make jokes about it. Um, And I never, I always poo-pooed it. I always used it as a tool like, oh, this audience sucks. I'm going to crowd work them. And so I can do my brilliant material or like I'll be on tour and the, just the circumstances are horrible. You're performing for four people in an open working cafeteria with the lights on and people are like doing their homework in the back. Like truly, I don't know if you've experienced a, a environment like that, but they are that type of environment like broad daylight performance is is really with like other things happening around you because sometimes the advisors will be like well we really wanted people to see you so we put you in this hallway between two busy lecture halls and you're like please just put me in the black box theater i don't care that only 15 kids are coming let's just make it good for those kids but instead they put you in the cafeteria behind the chicken nugget lady so you're you're, and you're literally trying to perform while all of this is happening so i ended up i started i got very lucky i started touring colleges so early in my career that i just frankly did not have the chops or the material to get through these and frankly no one has the chops and the material to get through these horrible conditions so what you do is you just do crowd work because it's the only thing that will engage the crowd and keep them present. So I have just literal hours of tape with so much crowd work on it. What do you do with it? Nothing. There's literally nothing you can do with it. And then TikTok. And I was like, Oh, why don't I put some of my crowd work on TikTok? It goes super viral, so much more viral than my material. My material does well, but the crowd work does much better. And then I was like, Oh my God, there is such a beautiful relationship between this, actual skill that i treat like you know i kind of look down on it i was like what is this even for this isn't real art like no one cares about this like what can you do with this and now i'm like oh no like you harnessed a skill that maybe no one fucking appreciated but now the internet does yeah so now i'm thinking i'm gonna do in new york once it's a little warmer i'm gonna do all crowd work shows where people just come and i'm gonna do like half an hour of crowd work and put them up on my YouTube and TikTok every week. That so it, is so it's been amazing. good. I think that's brilliant. I uh, will be at these shows. I mean, it's, it's cause you're watching. You you're, do a set. Yes, absolutely. You'll have to do crowd work. <laughs> well, the thing is actually a job that I would do before the pandemic was tour guiding stuff, which was uh, half of it was crowd work. And that's I, crowd work. And yeah. I do, I do events now as a, a little day job moment where I'm leading events online for different companies. It's trivia. It's whatever. It's silly, but I, half the thing is crowd work as well. And I, and I, I think there's just like an electricity to having 
reactions to real people. And they not only feel special, but they like getting roasted a bit. And the way you do it is just so brilliantly uh, raw and honest. And uh, you, you're coming from a place of love, but there's also... Stuff I'm a bitch. <laughs> you're kind of a bitch about... I mean, it's like... I can't love it more. I can't wait for that show. And I, and I really will just tell anyone who will listen about you and your podcast and your TikTok. So much. You're really so kind. You're well, so you kind. are. And for and being here. Know how talented you are. Thank you. You're, you are a brilliantly talented actor. And I'm not sure that you have been cast in anything where you really get to let the world know about that. But like you, you, you should be because you are so talented and actors are so fucking underappreciated because there are so many bullshit comedians like me <laughs> who are fine, who are fine, who are going to book the role because there's no heavy lifting and there's no, you know what I mean? Like, but you really does. I really hope for you that it happens soon and Thank it will happen. I, I believe it's going to happen at some point. It's the stars are going to align. And just like it's happening for you, it's where I'm just, you know, you're, you're a fucking star and I'm just excited to see what more amazing things you get to do. So, thank you for being here ashley thanks for listening to that's a gay ass podcast make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review and send me that dm of your subscription because i want to send you some chromatica oreos i hear they are just okay (laughs) follow us on instagram at gay ass podcast and i'll see you next time Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.